0: Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to uh, another episode of Death Charge, episode 41. Yeah, we're here with a uh, special guest.
1: Yeah, Been Mr. Wonderful.
2: <laughs> Good afternoon. Yeah.
1: Um, so, our guest today is uh, Paul Page. Paul Page. Some of you, uh, if you're in Chiang Mai, may, may know Paul. Maybe. He, what, he gets around. From what I heard, he's the bookie man. The bookie man.
0: <laughs> you ever see the movie Bookie Man with like the bees like covering... No, from the mouth thing. Maybe uh, I'm getting No, or maybe that's the cheapest creepers thing. Thing. I don't. I don't, I don't I remember. I think that's the man. Oh, man.
2: I just usually Not get sure. the B guy. The B guy. <laughs> but, but the Bookyman's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know, like John Wick and stuff. So, Paul Page, man, what's 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 going on? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having, you know this moment together. Yeah, well, thanks, yeah. thanks for having me, guys. Man, such an honor, you know. I yeah. I think for Mr. Paul Sugar here, uh, interview you like a couple, long time ago? I don't
1: know. Well, when, when I was working for um, relaxed Time Radio, yeah, uh, Paul came on as a guest. But that show was uh, like really different because, you know, it was very like rigid format we mm-hmm. to play, it had segments of um, what you call those? Jing- we had to have like jingles, jingles and uh, you know all that radio stuff. Well, uh, we have jingles. We have we have a what do we have? We have a we have jingles. We have, I wrote have, the jingles. We have, we have a jingle. We have a good jingle, right? <laughs> okay, but I, jingles. what I'm saying is that this is more freestyle. So even though even though you're a Paul Page B expert, we're free to talk about anything. If if something crosses your mind that uh, like is more interesting than bees for you at this very moment. We talk about that. Sure, sounds good.
0: It's, well, I think we need some introduction for people uh, right. at home that are listening to us. Uh, of who is Paul Page? So tell tell us about so yourself. Who
2: is Paul Page? Yeah, who is Paul Page? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm um, I'm Swiss. Well, half Swiss, half British, and I've been coming to Chiang Mai for the past ten years, on and off. Wow. I actually lived here for a year. Um, so I, I the main reason why I came here was to work on honeybees and do mm. some research. Uh, yeah, on honeybees of Asia. Uh, it was on a Swiss project where, yeah, I was uh, investigating parasites of bees, so we got to collaborate uh, here at CMU and then I kind of liked it here, so I nice, uh, <laughs> nice. always came back and uh, tried to settle and uh, always back on and off. Now I'm working in another city,
0: but um, Chiang Mai is more my place. Yeah. Cool. Man, you know, that's, that sounds like um, a, a merit. <laughs> I don't a know A what? A merit? Merit, merit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like I don't know it's, it's like such a long Like educational uh, tears, man. I don't know. It's just it sounds so so overwhelming to me. What? <laughs> so now you're in uh, Karat,
2: right? Now I'm teaching in the university in Karat. Is, yeah. is it still to do with bees? No, no, it's, um, no. Agricultural technology. Uh, it's linked to food science. I'm going to actually hmm. give my next classes about honey, and we're going to do some honey tasting. Yeah. Are they stupid? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you can't um, say I mean, anything. No, I can't.
2: Uh, no, it's interesting. I mean, they they do actually see uh, some. Uh, Organic uh, farming. Uh, we did some rooftop farms in Bangkok. Oh, so it's not so... not just really business management of, of food, but uh, also other aspects a bit more. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's cool. Open. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. interesting. But man, what fascinated me about Paul Page is like you know when it, I I mean we know each other through music and mm. you know and it's just that like I didn't. I never knew like, that you knew so much about, you know, agriculture and, and especially in, in bees. Mm. So you're actually a bee specialist. Uh, yeah, and I am. So in that. I started
2: actually at university, I studied plants. I started off with plants and flowers. And wow. um, so I did a, a master's thesis more on um, plant pollination. Uh, with, um, I was working on a, a system with orchids, alpine orchids that you mm. find in Switzerland. And they do a lot of uh, mimicry, orchids. They, they're known to mimic other plant species, to resemble other flowers, to attract mm. uh, pollinators. You call it uh, deceitful pollination. Mm-hmm. That means the flowers are actually tricking bees or insects to pollinate them without giving a reward. Normally a flower hmm. will always give like nectar or pollen to the insects. In wow. a lot of orchids, the pollen is not accessible. And uh, they barely have any nectar, if if, if any.
0: That so. truly sounds like a mm-hmm. pussy.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, watch out for those. <laughs> really, I
0: mean, it's like Mick. It's like it's tricking you, but it's not giving Tricky. you reward. It's like wow. I mean, it does sound exactly <laughs> like a vagina or. Well, because you know it, it can't sound like a penis because penis always give out the reward um, not the reward reward.
1: Uh, <laughs> if anybody's listening out there, we're actually we actually recorded this in uh, 1977 and uh, it's, we're just only now releasing it. Uh, so if the, we sound a little bit out of touch with uh, you know totally
2: normal mm. the, the norms <laughs> of
1: today that's why what are you doing
2: yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway continue yeah, so. with your plant mimicry that, that, that's please. yeah how I started to work with bumblebees So we had like these uh, bumblebees that I would train in a, in a giant um, net basically I would like, give them a space <laughs> and I would uh, feed them nectar every day and train them to recognize flowers and different shapes of flowers and colors specifically
0: so that's how you actually do like you 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 what kind of nectar you you it's feeding? just
2: sugar water basically oh, yeah, you okay. just train them to get a reward so yeah sugar uh, water. Are, are,
1: are like bees more trainable than other uh animals they're or? very smart i mean
2: um well this was with bumblebees which are also yeah smart animals they learn how to manipulate flowers uh honeybees are really smart animals actually because they can uh, they can recognize faces. So they really learn different, yeah, to recognize or separate different yeah, faces. Interesting. They would recognize their beekeepers. Yeah. Uh, really? Shapes, colors. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're very smart. They're, it's proven this the only insect, well, to date, yeah, to I'm have the guess. notion of zero. Oh, yeah? So they, they can count, one, two, three, but they also know what zero is. They have the knowledge that's of, amazing. of nothing. And that, until a few years ago, was only... Uh, Attributed to, to well, mammals. It mainly, can't be easy. Birds,
1: yeah. It can't be easy to design an experiment to prove that. No, it's not. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's wow. just, yeah. Man.
2: But uh, someone did it, and yeah, it, uh, they're extremely smart animals. They.
1: I was listening to this. This is just related to the question about how you test, you know, design experiments. But I was listening to the guy who. Um, forgotten his name but he's you know there's this famous study of harvard undergraduates from it's the longest running scientific mm. study that's ever been done so they've been following like a group of men for yeah. 70 years now yeah. since the 40s or something like that or i forget what his 40s or 50 40 or even the late 30s i forget and the, you know there's a couple of these guys still alive and yeah. left today and they're still doing the study but uh the guy who's running the study now he said that it's almost like a history of uh, scientific experimentation because mm-hmm. back in the day they had no idea to ha- how to design double blind yeah. experiments. Yeah. They, you know, so the kind of things that they test now, or um, that they ask the participants to to do now, is changed so completely from what initially they were asked to do. Yeah. And yeah, so nowadays, like scientists do, come up with these amazing ways to test. Things that you never think you could possibly test, like yeah. how does it be? Does it be have a concept of zero? How the, yeah. the fuck do you test for that? Yeah. Experimental
2: <laughs> yeah. design has evolved a lot, uh, definitely. And um, hmm. I mean, in science, you always yeah you have a hypothesis that you yeah, you want to test, and so you have to really come up with the the perfect design to answer that question. and uh, no, it's not an easy task. That's the study about happiness, isn't it? You know, um, yeah, happiness or, or factors, wellness. Yeah, wellness, well-being, right. Exactly. Well-being, well-being, yeah, 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 right. Right. yeah I that was, uh, right. I remember that study. Who's interesting. I think it was led by already five or six different researchers yeah, right. over the because, past yeah, exactly.
1: 70 years. Yeah. Uh? Yeah. And they had two cohorts. The original cohort was sort of white male. I mean, they were in Boston, apparently. Mm. The, the guy who runs it now said you know, that there were basically only white men at Harvard. Women yeah. weren't admitted to Harvard yeah. at the time. And it was a Boston was like a ninety eight percent white city mm-hmm. at the time, or mm-hmm. some, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, so and then they added maybe ten years later, they added a cohort of uh, still mainly men, but uh, working class yeah. people, like poor, poor under deprived a group mm-hmm. from Boston as well. Yeah. yeah so this purely just a to, to start so that they could compare. Yeah. yeah
2: scientific bias there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hmm. Um, I have a few questions. One. One. Uh, thing that I remember, like, um, we probably—I probably asked a bunch of questions when, when you run the radio show that mm. I can't remember anymore. It doesn't really matter. But um, so you study, like, uh, uh, you've studied mainly honeybees. But what, uh, um, which bees do pollination? All bees, not just honeybees. And most so
2: there's twenty thousand species of bees in the world, and right. most of them are pollinators. Most yeah. of them are,
1: and are they um, one of the most important pollinators?
2: Uh, Well, in terms of abundance, yes, they are. Uh, Let's say that honeybees, well, the European honeybee, at least, uh, evolved. Well, we we domesticated it at the same time that uh, we developed farming and agriculture. So it went side by side to have So bees. thousands of years. So yeah, I think that the longest trace, or the oldest trace of, of honey kept in a jar was about 10,000 years ago. So God. Egyptians, I mean, they have it in their pictograms, you can see actually bees. They mm. used honey to embalm uh, so some of the, the mummies, right. uh, the pharaoh. And so yeah, it's, it's a product that's been harvested for at least 10,000 years,
0: yeah. That, what is it true that it's one, one of the, I think it's only one food that doesn't go bad.
2: Yeah, uh, right. exactly.
0: It's, uh, so the, the point of honey
2: is basically the stock of food of the bees for, mm. for harder times. So it's a society that manages yeah, to collect more food than it needs and mm. to keep some. Typically in, in Europe, uh, the, the, the honey is kept for winter time. So mm. uh, in winter, the queen will stop laying. Uh, she'll just have a few thousand workers called winter workers. And these workers will just consume the honey to be able to create heat to keep mm. the queen uh, warm over winter. Wow. So if you, if you open a, a box, a hive in, in Europe in the middle of winter, which you shouldn't do because you might kill them actually, mm. but if you, if you open it and put your hand on it, yeah, it's 25 degrees, so Whoa. whatever temperature it is outside. So wow. they, they're just using up this honey to, yeah, to create heat. Wow! And the other reason is yeah when you have uh, like heavy rains like in Thailand or... Um, if you have periods of drought where there's no flowers around, no food. So then they have a stock of food to survive these, these harder times. So that, that was the point. And the reason why honey is, yeah, so um, you can keep it so well and so long is that it's, um, the, the bees dry it. So they, they take the moisture out the, uh, out of the honey. So they, they basically dry flower nectar into honey by also adding a few enzymes they will digest some things in it. And uh, they bring it below 18% moisture. And below that uh, percentage, nothing can grow in, in something that's saturated in sugar as, mm. with, as much as that. Right. So basically no, no mushrooms, no bacteria can survive uh, with so little water and so much sugar. Oh, like no that. wonder. So That's why it's, yeah, it's used as a preservative. Well, you can preserve bodies with it. But it's also yeah something you're supposed to be able to keep for thousands of years, yeah.
0: But so this brings me to another question: Is like, is it like store honey? Um, so is it real honey?
2: So for the bees, it's their storage of food.
0: Basically. No, I mean, but like in in, in like supermarket. Oh, honey uh, in a supermarket are they real or are they are, are, are they putting adding?
2: <laughs> they're real yeah. to a certain extent. <laughs> um, but does it go
0: bad? Like they, the the, the, the honey should, that we get. No, I
2: mean, most of them are yeah are sweet enough or have enough sugar content, so they don't okay. go bad. Oh, okay. but then. On the market now, you have a lot of what you call uh, well fake honey or adulterated mm. honey. So they transform honey. Or um, Typically in Europe, you're only allowed to call honey something that's been uh, made by a honeybee uh, without any intervention from yeah, mankind. So mm. the, the bee basically takes nectar and dries it into honey. Mm. If you feed the bees sugar water, like I did for my experiments, mm-hmm. Uh, you're not allowed to call that honey any, anymore because basically mm. it's just sugar and water that they're transforming into honey, but, but it's not honey. It's, it's not, not honey. No, legally no. you're not allowed to do that in Europe. But is it honey? For, For you in Thailand? Well, so. on, <laughs> based on the legal definition, it's not honey. Yeah. It's not honey. Okay. Uh, the problem is, but what would you call it? Fake honey? Yeah, yeah oh, fake okay. honey. I mean, how complex molecularly atom is is honey? It's quite. It's mainly sugar, but there's different types of sugar that are produced different by plants. Sugar, so right. you're going to get a special ratio of, uh, of fructose and, and glucose, and then you have maybe some mannose, but there's no saccharose typically. So what about mineral content? Like, there's, there there's minerals in there, there's vitamins, there's amino acids, uh, there's uh, tannins, um, terpenes, all kinds of uh, things that are really good for yeah the health, mm. flavonoids too. Mm-hmm. Um, plus there's little... That's actually how you can characterize a real honey is that there's always traces of pollen. So when the bees collect the nectar from flowers, they always get a little bit of pollen in them. They'll bring in the hive. Sometimes they collect it and store it. But you have tiny pollen grains that end up in the honey cells and then they end up in the honey, right? Mm -hmm. So that's one way of determining either the botanical origin of a honey or even the geographical origin is by analyzing the pollen content in your honey. So if you know that you have such flower pollen in it, then it means
1: it really comes from such mm. and such uh, flower species or plant species. Yeah. Right. Mm. Now, now it's coming back to me a little bit what we talked about on the radio show because at that time, I think when, just before this conversation, I'd, my dad had sent me some, he'd been on holiday to Sicily mm. and he'd sent me, he'd bought like a ton of different honeys. Yeah. And some of the honeys tasted nothing like any other honey I'd ever tasted. Yeah. Some mm. of them had a very anise-y, anise yeah. kind Taste. of taste yeah so there's a lot of variation possible Huge. well there's as many honey types
2: as there are flowers basically right so right. uh yeah i mean in thailand the main the biggest market uh, well honey markets, is just longan obviously because we produce a lot of longan here uh longan lychee uh, and then sunflower honey it's pretty big hmm. and then it's gonna be wildflower honey it's so amazing mainly yeah, forest honey i
0: and try most of it except the uh, yeah. sunflower one yeah
2: Hmm. it's it's kind of new it's only since a few years a day, oh okay hmm. and then coffee flower honey is really it's mm. one of my favourites in Thailand I, and actually yeah I've taste, had some from uh, Akaama yeah a few yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. It actually <coughs> has a tiny little taste of honey which, of uh, of coffee hmm. uh, which is kind of strange because it comes from the flower not the fruit yeah right, not, the fruit, not the fruit right but then yeah. you, can, you can actually taste it
0: so uh, yeah so yeah that's interesting
2: Many, yeah, um, I've been collecting honeys. I, I have a project, an uh, ongoing project with the university in, in Switzerland. Um, and the Botanical Gardens of Neuchâtel, they have uh, what they call a bank, a honey bank. They created like 20 years ago. They asked people to bring honey from all around the world. And it's, they call it Honeys of the World. Mm. Or, And then a few years ago, I was bringing back, every time I was in Thailand or Vietnam, I'd bring back some honey samples and bring it to them. Mm. And uh, last year they said, oh, let's write up a project and analyze these honeys and see uh, if there's differences between different honeybees or honeys from different honeybees. Then you have a family called stingless bees, which Mm. is a totally different family of bees, but also makes honey, which is more sour and more liquid, actually. Stingless bees And often considers to be medicinal honeys, so... Uh-huh. You find these bees only in the tropics, in right. South America, yeah, Africa, and Asia, and um, all of these places, people use these honeys, yeah, to treat, the, yeah, an illness or yeah, to reinforce the immune system. So we're gonna, yeah, look up the metabolites that are in these different honeys and compare them and see if there's anything similar or different between between flowers or bees or yeah, regions in Thailand. Hmm.
0: I'm curious, like I, I'm, I never. I don't think I never met a stingless bee. No, China Rong. China Rong. China Rong.
2: Yeah. Really. It's a Thai name. Uh, I can show you some. <laughs> I'm just well, gonna. I'm setting well. up another experiment now in Changdao, uh, where I'm yeah, buying boxes. So mm. there's a few of these species. There's 40 species of stingless bees in Thailand, and about six or seven that you can actually do beekeeping with. So you keep them in boxes. Mm. The others are only wild and live in tree trunks and in the soil, and you can't really. Yeah, keep them.
0: Uh, Is it the one that that built the hives in the ground? Is yeah, the one, yeah, Oh, yeah, it's okay, under. Okay,
2: and so these bees, they they collect a lot of plant resins, and that's why the the, the honeys are considered to be uh, medicinals. Because instead of making combs, they make honey pots with, made of a mix of wax and plant resins, mm-hmm. and then uh, they fill these pots with with nectar, and then. The longer you leave the honey in these pots, the more um, more properties it's going to get from the plant resins. Basically, it diffuses into the honey very slowly, and it gives mm. often a more sour taste to the honey. They're not just
0: sweet; they're it's a sweet
2: sour uh, kind of honey. Very
0: interesting. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard that bee? You know, the built ground. You know, hive in the ground. I never heard that until I met Paul Page, you know?
1: Um, I don't know if I knew. I think I knew. Well, I've, I know that they build hives in, in all sorts of strange places, in mm. walls, in buildings, yeah. and buildings. Yeah. But this
0: is like a termite kind of Yeah, it's, it's a thing, different thing, right?
2: family, yeah. It's somewhere between bees and termites, yeah. Really? Yeah. But well, they're, they're, they're related there, actually. I mean, termites are also Hymenoptera. Uh, so, like just like bees, wasps. So, they are related. I mean, same. Hymenoptera? Hymenoptera. Hymen. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: Nice. Yeah. What so a the name. Sounds like Al- something out of uh, Avatar. Sounds like what well, <laughs> know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think. Terra wings. I, I hmm. mean, I guess
1: it's because the wings are attached somewhere on the body. I, don't know.
0: Right. I think James Cameron will be so up in there.
1: <laughs> but um, So why do bees buzz? Is it just a consequence of the way they fly or is it for some other reason?
2: Yeah, I think it's just the, the noise it makes. Uh, yeah. They have their wings move. Yes, yeah. so bees have a four, wing. two pairs of wings, so they actually have four wings. Right. So they have, the, they have two small ones and two bigger ones, and they kind of, yeah, touch each other, and that makes that buzzing sound. But uh-huh. bumblebees make a real buzz. I mean, um, they they buzz, well, when they fly, you can really hear a bumblebee. Right, right? it's more, it's a deeper. It's uh, very big, yeah. right?
0: Usually, yeah. I don't hear them.
2: Yeah, uh, they they actually um, so bumblebees do what you call buzz pollination. Mm. Which um, honeybees can't do. So it's a special way of um, pollinating flowers, and typically for tomatoes, uh, potato flowers, to the same family, uh, you need you need uh, bumblebees to do the job because um, what they do is that they're gonna. Um, the pollen is hidden in the back of the flower, right? And to be able to release the pollen, they need to shake the flower. So they really ah, so they grab onto the reason. flower, yeah, and they shake for it really reason. hard, so they buzz it. And that will release the pollen and enable, yeah, uh, fertilization of the flower. Wow. Honeybees don't do that; they just search for nectar at the back of the flower, and right. then they get pollen on them. So it's like more passive right. type of
1: pollination.
0: Mm.
1: Wow, that's yeah.
0: fascinating.
1: Um, which bees do most of the world's pollination? Mm. Like wild bees or uh, kept bees? Kept bees. For kept sure, bees. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, because I mean, well, it, I guess it depends well, on where there's farming going on and where there's obviously, not, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Uh,
2: hmm. I mean, other species of, of honeybees do a lot of pollination too, but um, yeah, it's not really comparable. I mean, bees in the wild, they 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 do it you know, to feed. I mean, they do it naturally, let's say. Right what we do with beekeeping is that we're actually bringing bees to a place where we need uh, flowers to be pollinated, like okay. almond orchards in mm-hmm. California or longan here in Thailand. So, so we're kind of like pushing them to you know, pollinate
1: as much as possible. Does, does, that mean, uh, does that mean that there are more bees in the world than there would be if there weren't humans oh, definitely. doing this? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, right. so beekeeping yeah, has, has definitely, yeah,
2: I don't know, yeah, multiplied the number of, of but, bees. But uh, I yeah. guess not very many species. Only one. only one. Well, only okay. one. Only one. So most of the yeah plants for fruits and vegetables that grow around the world that we eat depend on one honeybee species, which is the the European bee, Apis mellifera. In Asia, so in the world, there's ten honeybee species. One comes from Africa and Europe, Apis mellifera, and that's the one that we brought everywhere in the world. Mm. In Asia, you have nine other honeybee species actually out of the 10. So most of them come actually from Asia. Oh. That's why I came to work here because yeah, I you mean, have yeah, other, I'm curious about that. other bees to work with. And of those nine, there's only one uh, so cavity nesting bee, cerana, the Asian, medium-sized Asian honeybee and that we can keep in boxes and kind of, well, in, in Thailand, it's semi-domesticated. So we attract it in a log a log box for a few months it'll stay maybe four or five months and then it'll, it'll migrate somewhere else hmm. to find food elsewhere and that's what bees naturally do they migrate
0: they migrate
2: we've selected bees not to migrate so wow we, we bring the boxes we make them migrate basically in their boxes so it's a totally different behavior yeah it, yeah and then good. so yeah serana i mean here it's used for pollination but yeah you can't it's not optimized to get honey because it's natural honeycomb then you have to. Cut everything, extract the honey, and the bees leave. So it's not really a recyclable system, mm. right? Mm. But in China, they've domesticated it on the same level as mellifera. so they can also keep it in boxes. And yeah, but it's a bit more of a, a bit more of a wild. Well, it's more aggressive,
1: mm-hmm.
2: has more na- natural wild traits. I mean, more it defends its colony more, mm. right. stings more. Yeah, uh, might swarm off easier too. I mean, it's not. It hasn't been selected in the same way the, the right, European right. bee has. So I have
0: a question. Like you, you study so much about bees. Like you, have you been? I mean, around the world to study all the like those bees, like different species, like.
2: No, mainly uh, mainly in Asia. Mainly in Asia, I mean, uh, but you
0: said like in Asia we have like at least yeah. like nine. Well, yeah, you have you nine others plus the, the introduced yeah, plus, yeah.
2: Western, well, European bee, uh, and in Thailand you have four Asian honeybees already uh, hmm. plus the European so five half five. of the honeybees
0: are, the here, in are here in
2: Thailand that's why it's interesting oh, to work wow. here
0: so what is the what is the danger here like I, I heard about a lot of um you know the danger of like bees being nearing extinction is that, is yeah, that true? big it's a
2: big, that's a big story <laughs> is it is it um, is it
0: true how true is that
2: it's hard to tell uh, definitely honeybees i mean that's the thing, I always get yeah, how are the bees doing, are the bees dying. Hmm. And, and when people say the bees, uh, they're really talking about the European honeybee. They're talking oh, about I one see. species of bees. Out of ah. the 20,000
1: 20, yeah, that exactly. are in the world. 20, right. yeah, 20, and 20, uh, that's, that's right.
2: kind of yeah, a problem because people think that we need to save the, the European honeybee, but it can be saved, it's already in a box, it's already domesticated. Right? It's, not, it's not a wild bee anymore, not at all. They barely survive in the wild if they, they manage to swarm off. Because we've selected them for these traits that.
1: For being raised, basically, mm, exactly, them for yeah. being raised. It's like
2: uh, if you release cows in the wild, you know. I don't know if it can really, <laughs>
1: you know. Cats are cats are all right because they're only, right. so, I guess they're <laughs> only like semi-domesticated or they yeah. domesticated us. One, perhaps, yeah. It's, yeah so. mm.
2: But bees need well, the European honeybee needs human intervention. Basically, it needs oh. to be taken care of. Man, it that's needs, my Now we have a parasite. So that's actually why I came to Asia. So. We have a parasite on the European bee that comes from the Asian bee. And if you don't treat against this parasite by using chemical treatments, uh, it'll basically take over the colony and kill it within a year. So you need to be, yeah, treat the bees against this parasite so they
0: can survive. Why is it so important to save that one species of bees? It's not. <laughs> uh, it's, I mean,
2: for mankind, it's important. Basically, you want to save agriculture. You want to save yeah. farming. Uh, mm. save the economy. <laughs> that's why we're trying to save this bee, so that we don't get food shortages around the world, which could create conflicts and possibly even wars.
0: True, but why, why does like the European bees get the parasite from the Asian bee?
2: So that's, again, it's because of uh, mankind. So we're hmm. spotting them around. Yeah, near, so the everywhere. Asian bees were only in Asia, but yeah. we brought the European oh. bee to Asia about a hundred years ago. And then these two closely related bee species were in contact in the same apiaries, often the same place. So then you're creating a situation where it's easier for diseases to circulate or, right. to, or a parasite to jump from one host to, to the other. Hmm. So basically we, we uh, well, mankind did that by through beekeeping. Hmm. And uh, yeah, then it just uh, it spread around the world and uh, we only realized a bit late that it was all over the place, I think. Australia was one of the only places that didn't have it, but it arrived in 2022. And now they what? through the Asian bee. Because sometimes you get swarms of Asian bees that fly from Indonesia to, to northern Australia. Across the sea? They, they have that, but across the sea or in a boat. It can be, yeah, uh, oh. different reasons. Mm. And then uh, the parasite uh, actually uh, arrived, Roa Destructor, it's called. It's, uh, it's wow. arrived in, uh, in Australia now. So it's a huge problem They're like destroying thousands of colonies just to prevent it from spreading elsewhere in, in Australia. It's a huge,
0: huge threat. For so they're destroying the Asian bees? Well, no, they're
2: destroying because it's already on the European bee in Australia. Already, yeah. Oh, the parasite is already on there. Yeah, yeah. So it's ah. in the hives of European bees. Doesn't yeah. sound like they've got a good chance of... Uh, There's no chance. No chance, right. Happened in New Zealand in 2011, 12, and the same, you know, they were all running around and trying to fight it and trying to, yeah quarantine some beekeepers or apiaries but it's Mm -hmm. just bees circulate you know they can fly 10 kilometers they can sometimes workers will go into the wrong box so they'll you know bring bring a parasite
0: or a disease with them too so i see but 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 what is the problem because the parasite doesn't seem to kill the asian bees and the asian bees seems to like you know take over
2: Mm -hmm. that's what so that was yeah the, the reason. Why that. can't they
0: use the Asian bee to? Because
2: the Asian bee, as I said, it's not domesticated enough. It's more aggressive. Do, yeah, more it's aggressive. more aggressive. More difficult to
1: manage.
2: Here in Thailand, you can't keep it all year round in a box. It's going to swarm off or migrate, and then yeah, you don't want that. You want bees that are docile, gentle, stay in the box, they don't sting too much, to produce a lot of honey all year round. Mm. The you know don't want to change so the queen or stuff like so that.
0: So the European bees are actually more more controlled and. Yeah they can produce some statistic or unstable economics.
2: They, well, they'll make more honey also. Mm. We've been selecting this European bee to, yeah, to produce more honey than we needs. I see where the problem so is. What we do is that we, yeah, we add frames, we add combs that it can fill only with honey so we can extract the honey and leave the colony, yeah, live its life basically. But it's going to have, I don't know, maybe 10, 20, 30 kilos extra honey than it would in a natural condition. Wow. So yeah, we're milking the bee basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Man.
2: But yeah, so to come back to your, your question, um, saving the bees. Yeah, well, actually it's more important to save uh, all you, kinds of other species of bees, right? Uh, mm. I mean, diversity is more important than just having relying on one, one single uh, honeybee species. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Problem is, yeah, farming really relies I mean if there were no um, European bees probably here in the tropics other bees could do the job yeah. because it's more diverse and you have other honeybees right. but in, in Europe the only thing that could do the job is probably a bumblebee but not the same uh, level you know right. as a honeybee the same extent a colony mm-hmm. of bumblebees is a few hundred workers a colony mm-hmm. of honeybees in the middle of summer is 80,000 god damn so, the <laughs> it's number a, is one astonishing. box one colony so, the, yeah, the power, wow. the potential
1: is, is, is different. Mm. Huh, so, blown. Uh, uh, like at this point, uh, when did, um, you know, you said you started um, studying plants. Mm. So when did, I mean, have bees become your major interest? As, uh, like outside of just like your work path, uh, is it like your major interest yeah, professionally, uh, let's say? Yeah.
2: yeah, especially here, I mean, it's become a, a hobby too. Um, I mean, I kind of fell into the honeybee thing because I, yeah, I was working on plant-insect interactions and pollination. My PhD was more on yeah, pollination services and uh, hybridization between plants that, gets, that get the same pollinator, basically, and mm-hmm. try to understand this, these systems, a bit more theoretical stuff. And then to finish my thesis, I actually did an internship, at the Swiss Bee Research Center, who was working on the honeybees. And uh, by chance, I got a yeah a small job on this this Varroa destructor parasite, and it was, I found that interesting too to, to try to understand yeah how yeah the colony works and and how yeah Asian bees are resistant to this parasite, but European bees are not, and to see if we could yeah select honey bees in Europe that are more resistant that can actually fight the parasite or get rid of it or keep it at a low threshold so it doesn't harm the colony. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Thailand, yeah. Um, now I'm trying to develop projects on stingless bees too. I have uh, one or two uh, other honeybees, uh, Sometimes I help out the university at CMU, and we go and collect a colony for for a scientific, uh, yeah, experimentation. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's both my work and my my passion, I guess. Hmm. Cool. Sounds like yeah.
0: it, man. It's, it's <laughs> such such knowledge, man. I'm I'm, I'm getting. A little bit smarter <laughs> about bees by the second. God
1: damn. A little bit, you know. What about the story of the Asian hornet traveling like, around the world and killing off hmm. bees? Is that a, a real problem? Yeah, it How is a problem. big problem is that? It's, uh, now it's in Europe. So it's been in Italy
2: for a few years. In France, I don't think. I think in Geneva, actually Switzerland. I think they had the first mm-hmm. nest this year. Um, it could be a problem with global warming, actually, because it's, it's a hornet that's adapted yeah, to warmer conditions. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, temperatures are, are slowly rising in Europe. Winters are milder, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. It's only in the hornets, it's only the queen that survives alone. She like, buries herself, and she can survive winter. Right. But if it freezes, then she'll die. Right. So basically, it depends on the, the climate. Right.
0: So, uh, but yeah, maybe uh, you can help debunk the uh, <laughs> the the global, global warming thing because there's a lot of people who doesn't believe in global warming. True. But uh, bees are actually a great example of what global warming is is about.
2: Yeah, it can. It can. Well, global warming can affect a lot of a lot of things, and including mm. our farming and, and beekeeping.
0: But because but bee is so important in in farming, right, mm. and for you know pollinating so many. And, you know, making uh, plant fuck, so... <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. How <laughs> you know. the plants fuck? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but the hornets, yeah, so it's, it is uh, an issue because... Asian bees, I mean, the same with the parasite. They've evolved with these uh, mm-hmm. predators or parasites. So they evolved genes and behaviors to right. be able to defend themselves. Hmm. The European bee, it was not, didn't evolve and we, we selected, or maybe, maybe even counter selected it yeah. uh, to um, actually lose these natural resistances against parasites or, or predators. Mm-hmm. So um, typically, Apicerana, so the Asian bee uh, in the same one, but like a subspecies in Japan. Does this thing called balling, heat balling. Right, and uh, when hornets enter the nest, they'll all like, jump on the hornet uh, and heat, heat their bodies up. So I think the hornet dies at 42 degrees and what? bees can survive to 43. So they, they like, heat it to 42.5. Close. Wow. Exactly, just that's before dying. Whoa. And right. it kills the hornet and the bees survive. So that's one of the behaviors to, yeah, to defend the colony. Is there a video
0: that can.
1: Is, yeah, you
2: can yeah, check, check on it out YouTube. Uh, yeah. Japanese bee hornet, then you'll find it.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it's quite... Yeah, it's, I'm <laughs> curious. It's quite It'll be on one of those like nature's metal channels or something like that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: How did that apply to the human or, uh, world? To do people world. do that?
1: Yeah, actually. right? We we, we we swarm into somebody. No, no, no. no. Um, there's a, in anthropology, there's this theory that um, what's changed in humans compared to... Uh, Like our our ancestors, our evolutionary predecessors, is that most most of our predecessors, like uh, chimpanzees, and it's maybe theorized even some of the like uh, some other ancestors between us and chimpanzees, they they would have had still been on this sort of alpha male social structure system, whereas humans are not. So in other words, it's like it's theorized that in early human, like uh, pre-historical times, you know, humans basically there's this idea that um, cooperate, cooperating beta males can defeat a overly aggressive alpha. or ineffective alpha male mm. ah, interesting so I don't know that's the closest example I can think of in my in my ignorance yeah. well, that's the <laughs> Pretty good for example for collectivity right, right. Or, I mean, it's one it's, yeah. one it's a theory I think yeah. I don't know how, yeah
0: hmm.
2: wow yeah but no yeah I mean it is Come back to asian hornets it's a, it's a problem for beekeeping yeah. and there's hmm. well multiple problems <laughs> pesticides is another yeah, this parasite is another one and um i mean in in France beekeepers do it as a profession like in switzerland ninety eight percent of the beekeepers do do it as a hmm. hobby because it's a lot of investment, the season is shorter. Mm-hmm. And you can't make enough money actually to to get a salary out of it, unless wow. unless you do queen queen breeding and sell queens. But I if you're see. only
1: making honey, you can't live off it. I saw I saw a website like really? um, mm. I saw a website selling like an, an Irish website selling black queen bees. Is that this? Is this? Yeah. What's what so that? I don't know why they call them black, black queen. Yeah. Oh, black bees. Black bees. I yeah, guess yeah. black bee queens. Maybe. Black bee queens. Yeah.
2: Uh, so that's Apis mellifera mellifera. So it's the the real european bee from western europe right mm. it's a darker one so the it's got less stripes and it's like what we call the the black bee yeah okay uh, it's not um i mean it's probably what resembled the most yeah the, to the wild bee a few hundred years ago when it could still survive mm. okay and it's not an easy bee to work with uh it doesn't produce a lot of honey it's a bit more aggressive so yeah it's a bit more wild okay so obviously it's less interesting for beekeeping but then uh, you know, beekeepers like anybody else, they have their experiment. Uh, yeah, and they 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 out. like one type of bee. I mean, a lot of people in Switzerland work with Carnica, which is the eastern from Eastern Europe, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. which is very yellow, yellow black. You know, looks very like a real bee. Hmm. So they, they prefer to have the yellow bee. Uh, but yeah, it depends on on who, which beekeeper. Some like to work with the variety called the Buckfast, which is uh, actually. A, Bred by a monk in um, in the UK about 100 years ago, also to to mm. resist the parasite. So there was a, there was another mite, a tracheal mite. So it was an endoparasite of the bees, and the bees were just dying because of this mite that would live in the body of the bees. Um, and yeah, colonies were just dying. And this he was like an amateur beekeeper, and he traveled around Europe collecting queens. And managed to find some colonies that were resistant to this mite. and then he bred he bred all kinds of varieties from Europe and created this buckfast variety. So,
1: I think I, I think I read something that the, so there may be a connection, the pesticides and the parasites might have a connection because I think I saw mm-hmm. some studies which had shown that, you know, if the bee colonies are weakened by chemical exposure, mm-hmm. then they have less ability to yeah. fight off the parasites. Yeah. Is that is that correct? True. Yeah, that's correct yeah there's a few papers now that show the yeah
2: what do you call it synergistic effects it's called so right. if you have pesticides and yeah parasites uh they it triples the effect exactly right. and, yeah
1: quadruples the effect mm. of the yeah the toxicity so you have the, like things like climate and Human behaviors like mm. pesticide use, and then human behaviors like bringing bees around the world, all exactly. having uh, consequences. It's multifactorial,
2: together. Uh, yeah. Mm. In mean, colony collapse, well, colony loss, let's say, is is yeah affected by many different uh, factors. Mm. The, the climate can also be one, but yeah, uh, parasites and predators and pesticides definitely are are the major ones. Right.
0: But getting back to that, why why you why were you looking for black bees queen?
1: um Well, I work for a company that has a website builder, and someone using our website builder built a website about bees. I just had oh, yeah? to see it. Oh, it. It's just random. I just came wow. across it. Okay. Wow.
0: So this thing, when you get this kind of bees, do they produce different tastes of honey? Um. I mean, you said the, about the like taste, stingless bee yeah. tastes more sour in yeah
2: so i'd make really a difference between stingless bee honey and honeybee honey because it's the it's the structure of the pot that actually gives the taste hmm. to the to the honey and stingless bees because it's made of resin plant resins so it's right it's actually chemicals well natural compounds that are in the resin they will slowly diffuse into the honey and give it this more sour taste and maybe some medicinal properties. So that's a stingless one. That's a stingless bee, yeah.
0: So the honeybee that we're talking about, the black bees, mm, is a honeybee.
2: That's a honeybee, yeah. It's a subspecies of the European honeybee, basically. It's the same, it's the same species as well. So you have in science... you. <laughs> You say Apis is the genus, mellifera is the species, mm-hmm. so the western bee is called Apis mellifera mm-hmm. and then you're going to have subspecies like races, like ah. for dogs you'll have Dalmatians right, right. or Labradors, yeah, right. well, then you're going to have Apis mellifera, mellifera is the black bee, mm-hmm. Apis mellifera, Carnica is mm. the eastern, eastern European bee, so yeah you can have subspecies basically that right. are slightly different morphologically. The, Mm. Also, like a, some make like more like cannabis plants as well. Yeah, or exactly. I yeah, like cannabis sativa. Well, or is that this, th- these are already two species. Okay, cannabis right. yeah, is mm. the genus sativa. But then you uh, have, indica. then you'll have but, a sub, exactly. You right? have some varieties, varieties within, within right? each uh, species. Mm. But what defines the taste and the texture of honey is more the nectar. So the type of flower the it comes from more than right. the bee itself, because bees just, you know, they collect the nectar and then they just dry it in the, and they add a few enzymes. It's probably the same enzymes that helps digest
0: a bit the, the honey. Yeah, so that actually answered my question. Yeah. I mean, so it doesn't really matter on the bee as much. I mean, it matters if you want to produce a lot of bees, uh, a lot of honeys. Mm, yeah. So you would want a certain type of European bees, yeah. right? So in that sense, it's actually where that black bee's queen is going
1: to be at. <laughs> Are you you lost me there, but never mind.
0: <laughs> what I mean, you, I, solo. mean <laughs> you, you, solo. I mean, I mean, does it sell a lot? Like, how much does it sell? The black, black I, bees
2: I queen. I don't remember. Yeah. No idea.
1: Okay, <laughs> but I yeah, mean.
2: basically, it's, So
0: it's more the flower,
2: yeah, the type of plant the bees have been on, and so to call a, I mean, honey. When you say like lavender honey or mm. chestnut Manuka's honey, the
1: famous one like from New Zealand, right? Manuka
2: honey. So that means the bees have. To make that hum, honey have been predominantly on one mm. plant species. So it's like a single I think, origin. I, think I just read something today. I think it has to be 45% of the pollen grains inside have to be from that plant to call it monofloral, okay. Or else mm. it's a mix of wildflowers or a mix of flowers. Yeah. Fascinating. But like, yeah, if you want uh, macadamia honey, then yeah, you have to bring your bees in the macadamia orchard and they'll, 90% God. of the bees will get the nectar from macadamia I never flowers. tried that. That we have, You have, actually, macadamia in, uh, in northern Thailand, huh. uh, Chiang Rai. Um, yeah, mainly because you need some cold weather, actually, for macadamia. And mm. they mix it sometimes with the coffee plantations, too.
0: But bee doesn't really work with cold weather, right? No. It mm. doesn't like
2: rain. No. It's, like, too cold, yeah. Yeah, mm. but Thailand, how cold? Uh, Thailand's fine. Thailand's I mean, fine. It never gets Anywhere in Thailand's cold. <laughs>
0: fine. Even in, up in the,
2: yeah, the mountain? Maybe, yeah. Okay. <laughs> some days it mm. won't fly, but... No, it's just, as long as it's a few degrees, they, they can manage. I mean, in Europe in spring, yeah, the bees, as soon as it's sunny, even if it's snow, sometimes you hmm. can get some, like, um, what do you call it, hazelnuts are starting to flower. They have tiny flowers that, with a lot of pollen. It's yeah. like the first source of pollen for bees mm-hmm. after the end of winter. But it's already, yeah, it can be maybe 10 degrees outside or 5, and they're already flying and collecting pollen. Hmm. But no, if it's, if it's they need... They need sunlight to navigate. So that's right. the main
1: thing. Do ca- cannabis growers don't need bees, right? They don't like the pollination going on. Is that... well, cannabis is wind pollinated. So wind, wind you don't poll- need, yeah, you don't but need bees. But the growers are always trying to stop. The really? general, are they, is that not right? They're, they're no, always no. trying to stop the pollination because then... Yeah, yeah. So you want to stop pollination,
2: but it's harder because it's wind pollinated. Right. Okay. So what you, what you do with cannabis is you cut male plants. Basically, you get right. rid of the male plants before they produce the pollen. To be mm. sure that they're not going to pollinate yeah, your female plants. And, Interesting. Because else your buds will be just seeds, right? And you don't want that. I see. Yeah. Yeah, I visited Meijou University it has a huge cannabis oh, research yeah. center. Yeah. And I visited uh, a year ago before it became all legal and stuff. Mm. And They had like 16,000 plants out there, you know, open air. And my first question was like how do you how do you prevent it, uh, you know males uh, right. of happening cuz even <laughs> cannabis cuz it's dioecious, that means yeah you have male plants and female plants and the male has male flowers and female flowers but sometimes when you have a high concentration high density of female plants yeah. mm-hmm. it can change sex right, right, it can start yeah, producing yeah. little <laughs> pollen balls right, right. Mm. and if that happens then you basically you're fucked
1: cuz you know the pollen will just spread all over and you so get... So the bee- bees don't get any uh, cannabis uh, pollen, so they don't get... Um, would they get high? Well, actually, they, they
2: do. I've seen they do. I've seen bees collect... If you have male plants, which is rare because usually people cut them, right. I've seen bees collect the pollen from okay. the male. So that they can, yeah. They collect mm. pollen from different sources of plants. It can be like maize, well, sure. uh, corn, uh, although it's not a real flower. I mean, there's no nectar there, but they right. still provide mm-hmm. pollen for the bees. And mm-hmm. they'll. And that's a big problem because corn fields, I mean, it's not real flowers, but they're often sprayed with pesticides and the bees will go and collect the pollen and just in the pollen, there'll be enough pesticides to, yeah, to be toxic for the colony. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it can be a problem. But I have, I'm actually setting up an experiment now uh, on trying to make real cannabis honey, which is oh, yeah? theoretically impossible <laughs> because <laughs> there's no nectar on cannabis. Right. But I'm doing it with stingless bees and I'm going to try to make them build the whole structure out of cannabis resin and then the honey to become, to get the properties. That's very exciting. Starting it now, it's really, we'll know in a few months. That's far out. Yeah, it is. That's that's far out. (laughs) You hear it first, A death charge. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cool,
0: man, that's exciting.
2: Is that what people sell now? I mean, you find cannabis honey in some shops, but it's not real cannabis honey. So it's honey, and then they've added a bit of oil. Yeah, Yeah, uh, exactly, well, CBD or THC oil in it. So it's not properly made by the bees.
0: Well, after hearing all of this, I mean, you're so passionate with, with bees, and you study bees. Like, how many years now did you study bees? Well, Honeybees about ten. It started
2: in Thailand in 2013. Oh, but then in Switzerland, mm-hmm. yeah, a couple of years earlier, 2011, maybe. So that's that's like at least you know, like 12 years. 12, 12, 12 years on yeah. honeybees and bumblebees, and even longer. 2006, probably.
0: How do you find it relevant with your life? <laughs>
2: Uh, it's perfect, actually. Mm. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, it's funny because, I, yeah, I get signs from bees sometimes. I go to places as, as soon as I come to Thailand. And within the first days, I see a bee. I mean, mm-hmm. like on the balcony or in a random place. It's like welcoming you back your, to Thailand. your Your brain,
1: your mind is primed. It is. Uh, That's interesting I, I because hear. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see yeah. bees. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm so, I mean, a rare. Well, yeah. Yeah. You, just said, you just said something like that you didn't hear bees. Well, One of the things I love about going to somewhere like Pi or out, out is you hear the bees yeah. from really? a great distance. Because mm-hmm. this city is a big enough city with enough traffic that it has a constant hum. Mm-hmm. And it prevents you hearing bees True. until they mm-hmm. get really close. True, but if you if you go somewhere really quiet, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you go somewhere really quiet, you can hear bees from pretty far away, yeah, right? But I would
0: know. I would know that that's the buzzing from the bees, mm-hmm.
2: huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, but I guess I yeah, am. I mean,
0: is it the same buzzing as the vibration from doodles? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm just,
1: I'm really asking here. Not quite. <laughs> no? <laughs> what is the frequency of a bee's buzz? I don't know, I don't know either. This is, we could, yeah. Hmm.
0: What? <laughs> well, I'm just I'm really asking, is it the same buzzing as the fucking doodles? could be.
1: I don't know. <laughs> what? You bit, know, I you guess zero? it could be. I guess it could be. We, <laughs> okay. You, took this, you have to do, there's some research, has to, <laughs> studies, has to be done. <laughs> But yeah,
2: yeah, you, you hear them more in, uh, in the nature for sure. And, uh, so, yeah.
0: continue on that. Like, your, your brain is primed to see mm-hmm. bees. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, well,
2: swimming, yes, was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, so, you're you know, actually like a bee whisperer. Center of the universe and this huge carpenter. <laughs> have you seen carp- carpenter bees? It's one of the no, biggest. No, I never heard of that. Yeah, families of bees in the world. Like, it's the, those are really buzzing. Hmm. They're very shiny. They have a huge body, like this big. So their huge wings, And the wings are often like. Like purple, blue. So I've cream. seen those. I wouldn't have known. I yeah. would have
1: probably guessed that was a hornet. How 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 did no, I a tell bee. a hornet from a bee in this case? A hornet like, is looks like a big wasp, so
2: it's really okay. a very tight I, abdomen. Okay, okay. Yeah, you can see the okay. yeah the link between the thorax and abdomen is really small, and it's really more point point pointy. Okay. Yeah, and uh, thanks, and yeah, um, often yellow. There's some yellow, black, and maybe red on, on hornets. Uh, these these um, carpenter bees are like often black or black with like a shiny purple. Do they burrow into trees?
1: Is that what they call? D: Yeah,
2: well, you can see them oh. Actually here. you see them in uh, well, trees or um, bamboo sometimes. Uh, they uh-huh. drill a hole basically, so they eat, eat out with wood. Okay. drill a hole and make a nest inside the bamboo section. Or yeah, it can be in, in yeah, wood. Are they aggressive? Damn. carpenter bees? They can be, normally not, but if you bug them, they can sting actually. Uh, I've never mm. been stung by one, but yeah, if you're too close to their house, they might, they, they might attack I'm
0: you. Always, yeah. I'm always scared of like hornets or wasps here. I don't know, do mm. we have hornets or wasps. Yeah, we have both. Yeah. Boats, yeah, it's just, yeah. man, that shit's scary. It's mm. more than the bees. The bees, I, I'm pretty friendly with, yeah. you know. The hornets are more, more.
2: aggressive because they're, they're carnivorous, I mean, they eat meat. Mm. So, that's, uh, maybe that makes them more sense. A aggressive. carnivore? Yeah, of course. A yeah. protein. Know that. That's the main difference because bees only eat nectar, so sugar. That's all they need to fly is sugar. Mm. And the source of protein is pollen. So, they, they, they only go to flowers basically to collect mm. this. So, they, they'll get both the nectar and the pollen from the flower. And then the pollen will be the protein source that they feed to the larva. So, the larva can develop and have a lot of protein to develop. Right. Uh, wasps or hornets—they they gather um, proteins from other sources, like mm. typically meat or yeah, the, uh, dead bodies or other oh, insects yeah. or yeah. So that's why they they're more aggressive because they need to yeah, get their protein protein source from a, another animal. I never knew that.
0: <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah, I didn't think they teach that in probably not. school. <laughs> 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 oh, or they, I didn't pay attention. Hmm.
2: But yeah, in Thailand, you eat the, you eat actually these larvae. Yeah, we do. It's a delicacy here. The love of mm-hmm. what? Both giant uh, ho- uh, J- bees and
0: uh, horn- hornets. Man, I have they to say, are. I'm sorry, but like the uh, ap pung is delicious, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know ap? Ap-, no, ap-, ap is a northern Thai uh, food. Oh, yeah? So, so you have so- like ap mu, ap blah, ap... Actually, there's no apkai, but yeah. apmu, appa, apongong, which is uh Brains. pig's brain, oh. and you have rang pung. So yeah. you have like the the the, larva. the larva. Uh-huh. it is like a salad, kind of a salad, or no, it's it's it's, it's, it's like you. Have you ever had homok? Homok, homo- yeah. yeah. So it's actually cover yeah. cover in a bamboo. Yes, the banana
2: leaf. You know, yeah, right? banana. Cooking yeah. the yeah 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 yeah. I've
0: that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've 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 tried the the bee larva in in South Thailand. Mm-hmm. Often, yeah. Every year, I go down to Patelung where I have like this uh, beekeep, my beekeeping family in Thailand, and I mm. go and visit. And we started doing; they were helping out on our experiments when I started in Thailand, and now they become friends. And I, I go and see them, and we do some bee hunting. And and uh, yeah, I remember we we took down a big, huge Apis dorsata colony, like this mm. huge colony. Collected the honey and then the the locals like oh keep the keep the larvae and yeah, yeah, yeah. they cooked it right away like <laughs> cut up a square bamboo leaf on the fire, on fire. it was actually pretty good it's uh, good it. I liked it because yeah like the 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 wax melts down and gives kind of a caramelized taste to the yeah. Yeah, to the bee yeah I mean my dad but, loves it too I mean yeah in terms of conserv- bee conservation it's not great <laughs> because, yeah you're that's yeah, what I'm you're curious about eating eating the, the progeny of the bees and. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. It affects the
1: colonies. And the, it does, is not it? Mm. Hmm.
0: Man, that's that's interesting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How fast can uh, bees fly? I mean, I get, uh, obviously it must vary between <laughs> species, but they look pretty fast. Oh yeah, especially
2: honeybees. Yeah, they can go. They can go pretty fast. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, That's a good question. Um. Hmm. Is it important? No, know. just to no. Go, I'm just asking for 40, or 50, I don't know. It's uh, Columbus, bro. Yeah, I would like say, because, you know, they, they can speed off That's like that. pretty. That's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. I would say honeybees can. stingless bees are much slower.
0: Well, I think it's important. And it depends on
2: the size of the bee, I guess. I mean, right. the bigger the bee, the faster it goes. I mean, goes,
0: they so. had to get away from the hornets, right? Yeah. I mean, is yeah. that their, their, their most, like, enemies? Like, you know... We're in the, the Thailand,
2: uh, there's lots of predators. There's bee-eating bees, uh, birds. Sorry, bee-eating birds. Okay, a lot. Uh, yeah, they just yeah. wait. Apart for them to come eyes. out and they just catch them one by one. And, oh yeah, and eat a few days and they can. What's you know, that bird with the red eyes called? Yeah, it's yeah. that one. And brown, brown and black. Yeah, no? yeah. With but, the loud call as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a bee-eating <sighs> bird. It's one of them.
1: Uh, you lost me. My friend told me. At birds, mm, I can't remember. Yeah. I don't well, know its name? The name is, but yeah, yeah, red, yeah. You, it's very hard to see. It's a very yeah. shy bird from human. Yeah, but they, humans. they
2: love eating bees. Yeah, only birds um, I know are girls. Have, uh, <laughs> red ants is a big problem too. Red ants can attack bee colonies. The weaver ants, right? Um, yeah, birds. I don't know, lots of stuff.
0: Hmm. I mean, yeah, in the tropics, is more. Yeah, there's more threats to bees than. Are you fascinated by the the octa- Is it octagon? The arch- hexagonal. 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 Yeah, it's actually hexagonal, right? Yeah, yeah. Are shape. you fascinated with how, how they, they yeah. built that? Yeah, I, I am. It's like... Well, it's can we use that in, in, in architecture? Yeah, in a lot of people do. I mean, oh. it's one of the, the,
2: the most solid structures actually. Um, yeah, if you pile up hexagons, it's, it's super, super strong. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean I'm sure a lot of architects have yeah, found an inspiration in in honeycomb structure. Hmm. And it's I don't know there was a paper not long ago saying that it didn't have to be perfect. Actually, sometimes you'll find one cell that has like five sides or seven sides mm. and it says that these actually imperfections reinforce the structure of the comb. It's perfect, yeah, it will mm. crumble or. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's I don't know how they came to that, that shape. Probably because their eyes also have hexagons on it. So maybe maybe they kind of went from there. Right, so right. Yes. Very interesting. Uh, but it, yeah, definitely it's, the, it's an optimization also, sort of space, volume, and yeah, they, they're going to have a larva in there. So it has to be kind of round, hmm. but mm. not too round either. Cause something round is not, yeah, you, you're going to have, if you have only circles, then you have gaps, right? But or how do they circles. make it? I mean, how do they make into that shape? It's wax, so they have uh, like we produce wax in our ears, right? They have like uh, scales in their abdomen, mm. and they can they produce, yeah, wax scales they can take out, and then they just, I don't know exactly, they just chew on it. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's is a certain just, stage of the bee life where they are builders, so they, they're, they're just producing wax and building comb. Wow, and then they, is, they do that for a while, and then they move on to something else.
0: This is it the same with the stingless, uh. Bees that the the you know the no, hive it's, is in is very
2: different. So stingless self oh yeah, I can show you pictures once, but um, stingless beehives are really it looks like an alien crazy structure. So that. it's not a hexagon. No, like- no, it's not at all. Uh, sometimes the eggs are really random. But what it's like holding? Yeah, it's like a random thing. Sometimes it's really on a more of a horizontal plane. Yeah, and they're all close together. It depends on the stingless bee species. It's not they don't make vertical combs. Mm. They make these, yeah, kind of, it really looks like an alien thing. Would people mistake them for hornets? No, no. no. Uh, stingus bees are much smaller. They're really see. tiny. Okay. Uh, especially in the north. In the south, you can find some bigger ones that may be the size of a honeybee. But yeah, those, those are the biggest you'll find.
1: You remember the ones that were living in the wall at Tapa East? I think you said they, they might have been. St- did you ever see those or did I just no, tell you about them? I think you told me about them. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah, there was like, I don't know, six months or even longer where they yeah. Oh, I saw Living in the oh, bricks. Yeah? Oh, really? I Probably know, easy I don't for them to burrow yeah. into those. yeah, and yeah. they bricks? have a hole. And, yeah.
0: I don't, but is it singless? Because I remember, maybe you can tell me what it is, because I remember the color, you know, the it's yellow. like the, 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 you know. Small, the, they were the, small. Yeah, but it's black and yellow. Mm-hmm. So. Was it? If it was yeah. black
2: and yellow, then maybe it was honeybees. But they also, yeah, they also use spaces in walls. But it depends on how they fly. I mean, they, they fly fast. small planes. to me, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. I, I don't they, remember
2: the. They fly like that. So the, the, that's more stingless bees then. They fly a bit all over the a bit lazy flight. That's stingless bees, because they were like ho- hovering a bit. Yeah, yeah. Honeybees will go like straight to the point, they go sh- Mm-hmm. Or a little bit like that. No, but, but this is like yeah, because they yeah. like to come around and just yeah. like... yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's definitely stinging bees. And,
0: Interesting, yeah. but people will be scared yeah. of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's,
2: often you think it's a fly or something. You want to squat and you, you have, It
0: doesn't look like a fly. It it's looks f- it's a bee. You yeah. know, it's a yeah, bee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But often people that don't know
2: that stinging bees exist, they yeah, they okay. mistake yeah. it for something else. So.
0: Well, okay. that's bringing bring me to another question. Do you know people that are allergic? to bees
2: yeah I do actually. and it's pretty I
0: severe that, from what I've my I best I heard. friends
2: is allergic yeah you can die you,
0: can they die from eating honey
2: uh, it's not honey they're allergic to the venom so they're Ooh. only to the sting so it's something in the venom that's going to create a hyper reaction and um, yeah if you don't do anything I mean if you're really allergic and you swell up uh, within 45 minutes you, you're going to choke yourself wow. so basically your, your throat swells up and you can't breathe anymore can he and eat the lavas I don't know. But it's again it's the venom. Can, can so you what? Eat the lava. Eat the larva.
0: No, I mean can you <laughs> eat I mean for the for the bees, the bees uh-huh. lavas, you know, that they cook, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's, oh, no right. venom, again, there's no venom again. I don't venom know. Over. Sometimes so, there's you can uh, find like that the stingers in in, in the lavas. Maybe I don't know. Um, so it is the venom in in the the stick. It's thing? only in the stinger.
2: Yeah, in yeah, the but that's stinger. That's only right? the adult stage that really have. And within the that's actually when bees emerge, the stinger is not. Well, their body is not totally hard. Hmm. They have insects, that have exoskeletons, so they, they, they're yeah. The bottom, the kitten of the body is going to harden up, so they can't sting. Actually, if you see bees that are within the few hours of emergence, they they, they can't use their stinger. So you can actually touch them and play around with them oh, i see but um no it's just, so it's just the venom that creates this allergic reaction wow. and um yeah yeah i mean uh, normally if you're allergic you should walk around with the epi EpiPen. so epi pens like a, it's a jab of adrenaline so you're gonna you're gonna jab your yourself is that, is that yeah. what it is just adrena- adrenaline adrenaline yeah that's why you have to keep it in the, the fridge often Okay. What? And not? Yeah. Yeah. It can't be too hot. Maybe it's not. Yeah, meant what? for tropical countries, but.
0: What are you talking about? Uh, the, the adrenaline,
2: because it's very volatile and it'll well, degrade easily. So it's a, If you have an allergic reaction to the venom, if you're stung,
0: yeah, then it, you have
2: to jab yourself with this epipen to, w- to get a adrenaline shot to prevent the swelling. Oh, okay. It's the only thing that really works, or yeah, cortisone maybe. Will you become mad like the Hulk? <laughs> <laughs> well I think you just save your life <laughs> <laughs>
0: is that like when you have like a is that like in the the, the one in Pulp Fictions where you have to like jab that shit yeah, into that the, the, the heart yeah,
2: it was something like that God damn! I think that was adrenaline actually it was the same kind of shot but you don't do it in your heart you was know, a bit extreme you do it in, <laughs> yeah. your, in your leg often okay yeah
0: wow yeah and,
2: yeah, and antihistamines so basically I yeah, have to prevent your body from overreacting to the Scary though, where
0: like people would just like stab you right in the in the fucking knee and mm-hmm. just like you do it yourself normally. And <laughs> how big is the needle? It's pretty big. Oh god! <laughs> it's
2: like a pen. you just you no. know jab it, then it goes. Oh, in. and yeah. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I can do it, but <laughs> well, of course you can do it. You you have You're, a dick. Uh, you know, nothing. <laughs> You're starting to not be able to breathe. You probably can do it. Yeah, that's what she I said. Guess so, yeah <laughs> I mean, when we
0: start talking about jabbing, now we just you know, uh, jabbing. (laughs) I mean, I mean, we're afraid of something jabbing in the knee. We have to ask some ladies like, "Are you afraid of being (laughs) jabbed in the knee? Are you (laughs) in the knee? knee. Are you afraid of my stingers (laughs) and my venom? Are you allergic?" <laughs> I'm sorry. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, we we we're pretty much done with the bee thing, aren't we? I, I think so. Yeah. Are we? I mean I think I, I think there's some like question out. last night somebody wanted me to ask you. I think it's like have you ever been to a point like when you go out for the bee inspection, there's bee goes into your suit? Yeah, it happened. Really?
2: I told this story last night, actually. Really? To someone, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was working in Samui. Well, we had this experiment. So we we're based in Chiang Mai, and we were traveling to Patalung and to Samui. And we'd do that triangle every time because the bees are a bit different and the parasites were a bit different. And yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyway, so uh, yeah, it was the end of the day in Samui, and we we're closing colonies. So these like cylinder, cement cylinder <laughs> colonies. What they used uh, as a hive, hmm. and uh, I was with my colleague, and he uh, he had the smoker. You know, you usually smoke bees off. I see. So what what you're doing with the smoke? Actually, it creates uh, it creates noise, so the bees can't communicate. So it's a chemical noise. Right. Actually, bees communicate with pheromones. So they they give off. They have a lot of glands, and they give off pheromones to communicate, uh, like aggressivity mm-hmm. or if mm-hmm. someone's entering the hive. They'll yeah. They give off this pheromone saying, okay, we have to attack this intruder. And actually, with uh, it's funny because Apis serrana, so the Asian bee, uh, that, that, that pheromone has a smell of banana. It's the exact, it's nearly the same molecule as the banana smell, but not quite. Hmm. But you, when you smell that, you're like, oh, there's, yeah, there's angry bees around me. Whoa. And I was so closing. And so basically, you, what you do is you smoke so that the bees can't communicate. It's like if you put on a loudspeaker and you right. can't talk, right? Right. And um, I didn't have the smoker. So the bees were starting to get really agitated. And and I just, yeah, it was the last colony. It was a long day, 37 degrees, you know, full full bee suit all day. You just lose, it's like a human sauna. And um, I'm like, oh, geez, I can, yeah, there's a lot of bees here and I can hear them really close, you know. And I look down and I forgot to zip my ah, suit up. Shit. <laughs> oh, shit. And I look in my veil. And I'm like, okay, they're inside. And I had like, 12 or 15 workers, you know, really angry workers, in my veil, in, yeah, in the hood. And I was like, okay, what do I do? So I just like, I just closed the thing, opened, opened my veil, ran down the hill as quick as I could and hoping the bees would, you know, fly off. And I got to the car and had like 12 stings. 12, 12, stings. 12 stingers in my head, you know, in the ears, nose, all over. And luckily, yeah, the assistant was there and she took them off right away, so... So if you leave them, that's the thing. If you get stung, you have to remove remove the stinger very quickly. Because mm. what happens is the stinger is gonna is barbed, so it'll stick in your skin. The bee leaves, the stinger stays, and attached to the stinger, you have a little venom pump, venom mm. sac. That if you look at it, it looks like a miniature heart that continues to pump venom in your body. Wow! So that, that's why you should always Pull find the out. stinger, take it off. If you get a small amount of venom, it's not a big problem. But mm-hmm. if you leave it, then you yeah. Got so a, it becomes swollen. Yeah, yeah, very swollen. And yeah, luckily I got them all off, and I didn't I didn't swell too much. And I think I took some antihistamines, and it was it. Mm-hmm. But that was that was a scary experience. Yeah, yeah.
0: shit. Yeah. That that's that, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to be up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't tried that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I'm not sure. Maybe if that's for the next episode. <laughs> but tell a little bit more about yourself. I, I heard you, you study uh, martial art as well.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I do um, a Vietnamese martial art called uh, vo, vo, vo Vietnam. So it's a traditional martial art from northern Vietnam. Wow. And it's something I started uh, yeah in Switzerland about 12 years ago. Mm. yeah same time as bees actually <laughs> interesting <laughs> and uh now i'm a teacher i'm yeah, passed my uh, i became a teacher three or four years ago So I, I teach this martial art too what
0: so you you have to get a license
2: you have to pass an exam yeah uh you have like a technical control they call it and then you, you're damn. allowed to teach um, but you continue to learn actually it's just well, never ending Basically, like you, every martial uh, art yeah yeah it's just the beginning actually when you become a professor then wow. you realize how much more you can yeah, mm. you can learn yeah. so
0: you get a, like a fucking degree or something or like a
2: I just a have a diploma a yeah, diploma I just wow. have papers I'm allowed to teach it that's awesome I've been, I've, I've been teaching it a bit in Chiang Mai too uh, I just have like ask people if they're interested and then we go in a park and I oh. give a free like beginner's class and mm, so if I scary. come back here to live then I'd definitely like to open a open a, a real dojo a real dojo yeah Ooh.
0: That might take some time. <laughs> well, I don't know, man. You, you seem to blend right in into the, uh, the Chiang Mai uh, society. Yeah. I mean, think about it. When I was in Bangkok, I, don't, I didn't know any beekeepers. <laughs> um, yeah. When you were in Yorkshire, did you know some beekeepers?
1: I see them around. I don't know if I know any personally.
0: Yeah, uh, see? This is like so fascinating about Chiang Mai. is like there's this guy randomly coming to bars, smoking weed, and just like
1: start you know we never know what well, he does no 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 but we well i see what you're saying yeah no but as a like a musician you get to meet you get mm. to meet like the people who are like really into music yeah you, you you're uh, yeah i, know you I like think that. i think you're especially into music <laughs> yeah, cuz there's only a few people there's only a few people that Make almost every event. You know what I mean? <laughs> A lot. Do you of see them. what I mean? Uh, as many as uh, almost humanly possible. <laughs> so, uh, actually, all of those people. I think
0: now I understand when you mm. when I ask you about the, how relevant your your B uh, studies to your life is so paramount. It's mm. like you actually act like a bee. <laughs> you actually <laughs> go straight <laughs> for the honey, <laughs> and, you know? it actually makes <laughs> sense yeah. on how You're you go. <laughs> and you have like that aggression, yeah. but you keep it controlled through martial art. Uh-huh. It's very uh, interesting, yeah. man. Yeah. Hmm. Sting
2: like a bee, fly like a butterfly. <laughs> it's Muhammad Ali. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I don't think you fly like a butterfly. <laughs> Maybe you fly like, like a, a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I don't think I. I don't know if I've seen you dance, so I don't know. No. Do you dance? Uh, yeah, I do. It's oh. Much later in the night. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: How How a uh, martial art uh, plays a part in your life?
2: It's uh, quite important, actually. It's, mm. uh, I think it's a good balance for me because, yeah, as you said, I have quite a big social life i like to go out a lot and i yeah, mm. drink and smoke and party quite a bit so mm-hmm. it's um yeah it's a good uh, counterbalance for for that mm. that lifestyle i have and uh it's kind of a meditation too uh, yeah. when, I'm, when i'm training it's like a one and a half hours where i'm only doing that and my brain is switched off and just concentrated on on doing martial arts oh, that's important and it is kind of a I know, when you guys are playing music, it's kind of the same. Yeah, I impressive. think so. You're, you're really into it. You know? I think so.
0: Because I, I study a little bit of martial art. Yeah, I, I think it, it's 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 great. Yeah. It's that meditation mm-hmm. going, you know.
2: Yeah. And then it's, I mean, physically it's good good sport, good workout. Yeah. It's very complete what we do too. So there's some breathing exercises too, a bit of mm. qigong. Um, and we use, yeah, legs, arms, we use everything, elbows. Yeah, sure. so yeah For your body, it's really good mm. Oil it up, and you move a lot. So hmm. it's you sweat it out too. So
0: <laughs> well, what do you call it again? Like it's a Vietnamese martial art. Vault. Vault. V O with a little vault
2: means in two letters it means traditional martial art. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Of yeah,
0: Vietnam. But there's, Is it, is it considered like uh, mixed martial art? Mm-mm. No,
2: it's a traditional one. So it's a traditional one. Um, we have combat, but we don't do competition like uh, taekwondo or karate. We we do study combat where we're f- actually fighting, but we follow rules. Um, like not, we don't hit the face, we don't aim for the head or yeah. the spine. Or um, so joints. you
0: actually study the anatomies of, of yeah, where also, the, the, you, know, you Get yeah. to learn
2: your, a lot about your own body too. Yeah, yeah. and then. Um, yeah, so when we fight, it's more, it's always like uh, someone higher ranked against someone lower ranked. So mm-hmm. actually, the student is always learning. Right. And the, the professor is kind of guiding the student mm. in his, in his yeah, learning. Mm. Um, yeah, but uh, it's, it's a good, yeah, it's a good martial art. No, it's what resembles the most is probably uh, Shaolin Kung Fu. So oh, it's wow. Very, it's, That's very complete. it's very intense. It's very intense, it's very fluid. It very, looks very uh, fluid. You really use the, the kinetic energy of the body. Yeah. So it's
0: actually a Kung Fu that comes from that part of the region, right? That...
2: Yeah, well, Shaolin is from southern China. Yeah, and, so uh, it's pretty clear. Our master is from northern Vietnam. So yeah. there's probably an influence on one on the other. Mm. But it's really Vietnamese. It's what, it's, they developed. These martial arts to defend themselves against Chinese invasion, so it's mm. not the same techniques. No, it's different techniques to be able
1: to you know, mm. you know learn. The
0: but same I mean stuff. the Vietnamese, uh, they always know how to use the um, you know the surrounding to their advantage. You mm. know, and is that's there a,
1: a philosophical component to
2: it. Yeah, mm. the Dao duc So the Dao duc is the uh, the path of the virtue. You call it. So mm-hmm. we have some moral. Co- there's moral codes also. Mm. Um, it's so important, right? We don't basically. We never paid as a teacher. No, we're not paid to teach. So when, you, when you're a student, you learn for free and then when you teach, you teach for free.
1: It's part of the school. That's interesting. I guess, it, that, I yeah. guess that stops it from spreading to America.
0: Yeah. <laughs> totally. No, but you yeah. know, kendo is the same thing. Yeah. Kendo, yeah. Um, the, the sword, Japanese sword, yeah. way, you, you don't get paid. Yeah. 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 But you, you do pay for your own like, uh, you know, sword and yeah, all yeah. that stuff, right? You
2: pay for the rent, of the, the, the dojo or stuff like that. But it's very, yeah, it's yeah. minimal. Interesting.
0: But even even when I study kendo, we we study for free, you know. And, like, you'd be surprised, like, CEO of, like, Japanese, um, Mm. you know, would come and teach us. Yeah. And with that high rank, you know. Yeah, it
2: changes the relationship, I think, to the martial Mm. art, too. Because, you know, you're not expecting something something because you paid for it, you know. Right. It's it's just, it's free, so you can't, you know, have too many expectations. Mm. And then, I don't know, a lot of students, then you feel they really, you know, they have gratitude Mm -hmm. because, they know. You're just giving your time, and it's the most. Have you ever
0: had to thing. use your martial art? Uh,
2: luckily, no, mm. uh, no, I haven't. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, that was also what our master said: is that if you don't have to fight, don't fight. If you can mm. leave mm. the conflict, leave the conflict. And yeah. if you have to fight, know know how to. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, so, you start no. Fighting. I've always. I don't know. It gives you also a kind of confidence that you know puts people off. Yeah so if you can talk them down and show that you're not scared often mm-hmm. it ends there already you don't
0: right, need to right right right
1: and uh yeah i think that's an important thing <laughs> yeah do you miss anything about uh switzerland at all oh yeah definitely like what <laughs> cheese yeah definitely yeah. actually it's the only thing
2: i bring with me wow every Smart. time i come to thailand i bring 2 kilos of Cut uh-huh. cheese in my, in my bag. Smart. I keep for a few months and then yeah, try to eat it every now and then. Right. uh That's the thing. Yeah. Well, family also. Yeah. yeah. Friends. I mean, my parents are getting older and yeah, mm. I do miss them. Um, but no. I mean, I feel more at home now in Thailand than but at this still. point.
1: You know, you consider yourself based here and you like, yeah. So and you I like took
2: my I, I took my papers with me, so I'm, I'm officially am Swiss resident in Thailand, yeah. Right, damn. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, two years of COVID in Switzerland was was too much. It really was the the drop of, yeah, (laughs) it was just a bit too much. Mm. It's a beautiful country. I mean, it's amazing. Everything's clean. Everything's perfect. Everything's, you know, Mm -hmm. running smoothly. But um it's not a country that's really well. Where people are really happy. Actually, we have everything we need to be happy, but they're, they're not truly True, no, happy not. people.
0: You know, nine out like of crazy. ten. Huh? Nine out of ten that I, I, yeah. I, you know, I knew like Swiss people that come to Chiang Mai say mm. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, we have, people don't smile in Switzerland. It's just, uh, just that you know. You come here, mm. you know, everybody's smiling. You can. You can talk with anyone on the street, and it's okay, you know. Uh-huh. Switzerland, yeah, the private sphere is like so big you can't even interact. Yeah, like, like humans should do.
0: <laughs> I think that's the same in America. I, yeah. I remember like uh, my friend went to um, LAX, and um, we got out and uh, you know waiting for the um, <laughs> the luggage. And he was just smiling at, you know, just smiling. And that, you know, this guy just, just like looking at his face like, what are you smiling at? And yeah. he's like, what the fuck? Exactly. And he's like, welcome home. <laughs> welcome to America. That's you know? the same.
2: Yeah, and so it's like, yeah, if you get, if you get too close to someone, they're like, oh, well, what
1: do you want? I remember the first time I came to Asia and uh, probably I was, maybe, I, I would have, it would have been during like um, when I was studying, then when I went back to um, England, I was living in London, I remember seeing some Thai people. They were living in the the building I was living Mm. in at the time. I mean, I would have only been 20 20 at the time, 21. Mm. And I remember smiling at them, thinking, they'll probably smile back because they're a Thai Thai. people. They didn't. They'd been living in London too long. (laughs) (laughs) They'd gotten learned. They'd gotten conditioned. When I'm in Bern, there's
2: the Thai in Bern. And there's a lot of, yeah, there's a big Thai community, actually, uh, in that city and. It's the same. I'm like, yeah, hey, hi, hi, Thai people. How me you come. And they're like, no. No. <laughs> You've been Swissified. <laughs> Swissified. <laughs> totally. Not really. I'm like, geez, they don't smile anymore. It's
0: weird. God damn. That, that is kind of weird when you see Thai people that don't smile. Mm. Actually, you can see that in Bangkok when you go into BTS or, you know, mm, yeah, around. Mm. Uh, Bangkok, Bangkok people don't smile, man. Less,
2: yeah, much less, true.
0: Just go to like any random shops or any restaurant. Mm. You know, if you go here in Chiang Mai, you know, they're all smiling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they, 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 they know what they're doing in their life. But yeah. in Bangkok, it's like they're forced to do something. Like they don't want to be there, you know? Uh, that's true, yeah. Hmm. Maybe it, that's the thing with the metropolitan city, I, I, I guess. Right, big city? Big city is often like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because in Osaka, even though it's a big city, they, they still smile at you, man. Yeah. But maybe it's a fake smile. <laughs> hmm. I don't know.
1: I didn't make it to Osaka, so I don't know. But it's... Uh, but you yeah. Japan, I don't know. It's like Tokyo's not particularly smiley. That's for sure.
0: True. I mean, but Osaka is such a fun place, man. I mean, yeah, I'd like to go. It's like a Chiang Mai people. Mm-hmm. That's what how my sister would put it. Like Osa, Osaka or Kansai people are actually more are like going, Chiang Mai uh, people. Well, how big so
1: is Osaka yeah.
0: in millions? Oh, wow. I don't know, man. It's not as big as Chiang Mai, but it's pretty big. It's not as big as Chiang Mai. No, I don't it's think isn't, isn't it must be bigger? bigger. Osaka? Yeah. No. I'm gonna look this up. I mean, if I you, say a
2: few, a few no. million, no. I don't know. I've never been either. No,
0: Chiang Mai is really big, man. Chiang Mai is a million and a bit. Yeah, but I mean, like, the the area-wise. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's huge, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm talking people.
0: Well, people, Mm. yeah, I mean, Osaka, that's a lot of people. I mean, but but the area-wise, it's not as big as Chiang Mai, to be honest, you know? Mm. I mean, Qingdao is part of (laughs) Chiang Mai, you know? And then Qingdao is pretty big. (laughs) 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 I'll be going uh, to Japan normally
2: this spring. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. My favorite part uh,
0: is in autumn's when when the leaves are changing colours, you know. Yeah. But But I I I love Osaka. And um, Kobe, Nara. Yeah. Hmm, maybe you should go study bees in Japan. I'm I'm curious.
2: (laughs) I tried once, I had a contact there. Where where where
0: about where part which part?
2: Oh I think it was on that uh, what's the island? Okay, I don't know. No. no, the south, southmost island. Okinawa? Okinawa, yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, big, that makes uh, sense. Big research, B research group, yeah. Hmm. That's more tropical, eh?
0: Very okay, tropical. Yeah. Yeah. Different. If yeah. you go to Okinawa and yeah. you go to Japan, it's yeah. totally different. Yeah. <laughs> the language is different, mm. even though they understand, but they, the way they speak is not very Japanese. It's right. very Okinawan, mm. yeah.
2: Interesting. No, but now the, all the bee research, I got a bit fed up of the academic world, I must say. So I'm um, everything the experiments I'm doing now. I try to do as a freelance researcher, so I'm more oh. as an external collaborator with universities, but you know, I'm not yeah, directly yeah, hired right. by them.
0: So what do you see in the future for for you? I mean, now you're here, oh, but no, like in the future, to,
2: um, I actually, yeah, I like Changdao a lot, and mm-hmm. I've, I've been thinking for a while of doing like kind of a bee. Uh, Bee paradise or bee sanctuary up there Man. with all the well, as many as possible species as, as you have, and um, yeah, maybe doing something, um, bee tourism also. I mean, a lot of people ask me questions all the time about bees, so mm-hmm. maybe if I organized that, that in a yeah, more yeah, of a I think, guided tour way, it could be interesting too. I'll um, sign up for that. I don't know, yeah. I like this kind of uh, life. I have <laughs> a bit of yeah, a bit of work and a bit of. uh
0: Chimnau is a great place, man. I just places. recently visited, man. It's 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 really interesting how it's growing. Mm-hmm. I think I, I asked the local, and they say like the COVID is actually um, kind of like slowed down the 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 progress yeah. of like going too too crazy around the the, the national park, you know.
2: that's a nice place it is a lot of organic farming up there yeah nature yeah um i mean yeah um doi Luang is is unesco right Uh, world heritage so it could be i I, I know uh, actually a bee guy in cambodia that works on unesco projects i I see maybe they could do something similar here Mm. Uh he works for them work for women uh yeah um Project of of UNESCO,
0: hmm.
2: and he develops yeah, beekeeping for uh, women in in Cambodia. Hmm. So teaching them how to yeah how to keep bees and actually make um, make some money on it, and, okay. and uh, that could be yeah something a bit more social could be a good idea. Linked to beekeeping. Hmm.
1: What, you, what are you sorry? Just, sorry. You, you go in I was just going to ask what are your favorite things about Chiang Mai in particular? <laughs> the music. <The> music. <laughs> huh. Well, wow, that's going to bring <laughs> to my
0: question. I mean. Yeah. Do you find yourself relevant to your peers in in terms of that aspect of like enjoying life with music and you know no, martial arts know. and <laughs> Very that's what, that's what, you know that's what's so fascinating uh, to me about Paul Page is like you know you don't look like a scientist <laughs> but you are a scientist especially in specializing uh, specializing in bees yeah. and you know so yeah how does that come about you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a,
2: a special lifestyle, I must say, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, like, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a question of balance, I think. And, uh, yeah, I like, I like it a lot in Chiang Mai because it has a lot of to offer yeah, culturally, uh, musically. The music scene here is amazing. Mm. The food here is amazing. The people here are so nice. Mm. I mean, it's, uh, it's a bit more relaxed than, yeah, Bangkok or Korat where I'm working now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just do what I like to do. And, and now, I know, I'm know i also a certain age where I'm fed up of trying to push doors that don't want to open. Mm. Push so I, door that doesn't want yeah. to open. What does and, that mean? And, uh, that's one thing that I really like in Thailand. is uh, it's, it's a chaotic place. I mean, mm. it's, it's not as structured at all as, as Switzerland is. Mm. But Switzerland is too structured and there's no space for creativity. Right. As soon as you have too many laws and... and paths to follow and protocols and Mm -hmm. you there's no you can't create things and every time I come to Thailand every single time I just set a foot here and things happen on their Mm. own people come to me it's like oh oh uh, we have this project you want to work on it uh oh when let's do something with bees here oh I want to hire you next year to work on this and Mm -hmm. and yeah all of a sudden people come to me and yeah things happen naturally and this chaos gives yeah opportunity for, yeah, things to arise and to happen in more of a natural way. And that's what I like.
0: I care what you're feeling. But do you, are you afraid? Are you afraid that's going to change?
2: No, I don't think so. Hmm. I don't know. There's ups and downs like everywhere. But, um, no, I think, yeah, it's more of a, I, I try to rely more on my intuition. Now, hmm. And it actually works really well. Uh, if you, if you so. force things, often it doesn't work. Right. If you let them happen and they happen naturally, then you know it means it's right. Right, that's the way I live now. I just I, I let things yeah direct the way I'm going, and I don't. I but don't
0: what I'm really asking it. is like, do you think the structure of Chiang Mai or Thailand in general is going to change into a more Swiss style? Oh, in that
2: sense, uh, maybe, but it'll never be the same. I mean, I mean Thailand's Asia, uh, Switzerland is <laughs> very. I mean culturally. Hmm. It's, it's very different places. Uh, obviously, I mean, yeah, capitalism is, is you know, shaping society now, too, and it does mm-hmm. change the way people interact. And uh, I don't know, um, it'd be sad, I think, if Chiang Mai loses that, you know, charm. Yeah, that you know, right? And things just, you know, flowing and happening by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can't I can't predict things, I don't know. I can't say how the future is gonna be. <laughs> it's it's I've been coming now for ten years and it's a city that's changed a lot in over really? ten years. Every time I come I'm like wow, this is gone and this is new and this appeared and and uh, it's definitely evolving. There's more traffic, yeah. But um, you know, evolving is not bad. It can be both in a good and a bad way. So have you ever things l- happen?
0: Oh yeah. Cool. Have you ever looked at the city the way you look at bees, (laughs) like a big hive? Yeah, I don't don't know. Like like Chiang Mai, does it does? Do you feel like it's evolving like the bees would?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I could compare it like that, but yeah, it's uh, it's the best thing. I mean, little little city and you know things things are.
0: I mean, you know, there's like twenty thousand species of bees, right? So, I mean, and you study how many species.
2: Uh, just a few. Just a few, uh, just right? Like, uh, two or three, 12, but, six maybe.
0: But it's statistic. Is it a statistic how they they evolved to hives and you know each species made their own well, hives? Yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, different species evolved differently. Uh, mm. And yeah, but everyone, every species did it in their own way. So you look at the giant Asian honeybees, I mean, that's one of the bees I find the most fascinating. Mm. Is the Why? Apis dorsata. And They make one huge piece of comb. It can go up to a meter fifty hmm. large. Thousands of bees packed just on one single comb. Wow! And those, those are really yeah, impressive. I just yeah went to collect one. A few Is that like
0: luong or something? Ping Luang, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay.
2: And uh, I don't know. It's it's a quite a it's an amazing society to yeah to understand and look at hmm. bees. It's it's a function. It's a matriarchy. So it functions basically relying on, on females. Males are not really useful in there. They're just mm. uh, eating and mating.
0: So it sounds but, like Chiang uh, Mai. <laughs> 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 well, there you have your answer. <laughs> oh. yeah. Interesting. How, how long are we
1: doing this? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, are, you, are we back in records? Yeah, I think, I think so.
0: <laughs> I have to keep going. So. Yeah, we can, oh, okay. we can wrap it up. All right. Yeah, so... Up. Thank you so much, Paul and Paul. It's been fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really informative. Yeah, thank you, and, you uh, for having me. Yeah. Well, you know, easy I, way to pass the time. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. I mean, if you guys at home are listening to this and feeling like you have more questions or something that we haven't really touched, you know, Paul, Paul Page out. is still here. Yeah. And we can bring him back whenever we want. And, can. you know, we can talk other things. We just cover just like a fraction of his life. Mm-hmm. We haven't really covered his philosophy <laughs> or how he things about weeds and women and mm-hmm. or other sexual things There's he likes some, to do some topics we don't want to <laughs> uncover well I don't know LJ, LJ always
1: wants to go there but mm-hmm. we, you don't have to I'm uh, you know, <laughs> I'll be the moderator <laughs> <laughs> no that's why I have Stop. you Paul man <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's awesome so you know yeah. share and thank you so much Paul Page yeah. thank you LJ thanks, man, thanks, thanks all yeah. to, thanks until him. next time guys
1: <laughs> great see ya see ya, see ya.